This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. I sent you a text like, is this a family thing? Should I not curse? I mean, I don't use fucks like periods. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? My name is Brandon. I'm founder of the TRT Community, host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is uh, its kind of evolved over the years. We started as a Facebook group. Uh, still have the group. You can find it at facebook.com slash group slash TRT Community. Um, and basically, we're patients helping patients. We're, you know, 27,000 folks in there kicking ideas, bouncing ideas off each other, um, you know, helping find doctors and protocols and whatnot. Uh, from there, we evolved into a website. On the website, we've got some uh, educational information, testosteronepodcast.com. We've got a clinic finder if you're having trouble finding a doctor that knows what he's doing. Uh, be sure to check that out. And then finally, obviously, we became the podcast. So that's what we got going on. Um, here recently, uh, we've got some deals from matrix hormones they when you when you mention this podcast or the trt community and you and you treat with any of the clinics on the uh, clinic finder website you get a discount and right now matrix is offering 200 dollars off their initial consult and then 50 dollars off uh, the first order of medications through the end of the month um, they're also sponsoring the trt community all things testosterone transformation contest so we're going to have a little bit of a body recomposition competition um and Matrix is going to give some stuff away. So if you want to join that, I need you to email me pictures, at least one picture, probably several if you want to really get the results across. Uh, email it to brandon at trtcommunity.com. It needs to be date stamped for Friday. Well, I guess anytime, anytime this week is okay with me, but I need to receive it by Friday, May 13th. Uh, some ways you can date stamp it. You could... Take a picture of yourself in front of your TV paused on the news with the time and date there. You could hold a newspaper. You could hold your phone with the date on it, you know, like on the lock screen somewhere you can't manipulate it. Um, or just get creative. Um, send me those pictures by Friday um, Friday at midnight, I guess, at 11.59 p.m. Brandon at trtcommunity.com. It's going um, to run eight weeks and end July 8th. And then we'll have uh, community voting and whatnot. All the TRT community members and podcast listeners will vote on those. And the Matrix is going to give away three different prizes. One, um, one vial of Lipo B, one vial of Lipo C, and then one vial of triaminos, which is arginine, citrulline, and orniathine. So the retail value on those is somewhere between $150, $160 each. So we'll have uh, we'll have some good prizes to give away to three folks. So full disclosure, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the contest. I'm not gonna win. I mean, well, no, let me get this clear. I am gonna win, but I'm not gonna make myself eligible for the prizes. And I'm gonna be using their semaglutide. We talked about that on the last episode with Sean. And um, since then, uh, tons of people are interested in that. They're you guys are eating it up. So. That's uh, the new hot weight loss uh, injection. It's a once a week injection. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That helps us out a lot. Um, helps me get guests. You know, 
booking guests is difficult. And when you have lots of ratings and reviews, people are more likely to come on the show and talk about what they know. So today we've got, uh, this is kind of a different direction than we normally go. This is not going to be medical per se or scientific, I guess, but we've got former Marine sniper Zach Benton who spent 21 days in the Colombian jungle while filming Naked and Afraid and ended up having to use a lot of his training to survive those three weeks. So if you've never seen Naked and Afraid, I highly recommend you check it out. It is essentially a show that the Discovery Channel puts on where they just typically drop one man and one woman together with no clothes at all uh, in the middle of some remote desert, jungle, rainforest so Sahara something and they have to survive for three weeks um a lot of them don't but Zach did and we're going to talk today a little bit about how he did that and his experience while doing that he's also on TRT not to mention you know surviving three weeks in the Colombian jungle there's not really anything much more manly than that so without further ado here's our chat with Zach I do appreciate you being here. Um, I introduced you, you know, former Marine sniper and 21 days in the Colombian jungle. I think the first thing that I need to know is how do you get, how do you get into something like naked and afraid? Is that something that you saw and you were like, I have to do that? Or did you fall into it? how did it happen? The, the topic of survival and that whole kind of genre uh, has always been a hobby and an interest of mine. I've done trips ever since I was a kid. I uh, did mountain manning as a, as a kid with my dad. I uh, do camping trips all the time. And so I went on kind of a bender uh, during the COVID shit and I applied online. I Googled first. Don't do that. I hit a scam <laughs> and they were like, Hey, you've got 24 hours to respond to this with, I agree to everything. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that seems really sketchy. And so like I read the contract, basically it's like pay us 300 bucks regardless of your casting. And they, you know, and so at the end of an episode, I saw renegade 83 handled the casting. And so I went to them direct and applied online didn't think a whole lot else of it until six months or so later, I uh, got a phone call and I initially thought it was another scam, but it, it seemed to check out. And I mean, up until the point that I left for my flight, I was like, are these my friends fucking with me right now? Like, how committed are these guys? Like, they just paid for me to get a physical done. Like, was that really a shrink that I met with? Like, God, these motherfuckers are committed. Like, but I'm just going to carry it through because due to COVID, I never got to meet the producers. It yeah. was just like a couple of Skype interviews kind of like we're doing now, but I didn't know these people from anybody else. I just got on a bird and flew to <laughs> Columbia and met some little dude that didn't speak English. It was like, wow. here goes a kidney. Wow. <laughs> so you're, you're married, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and you grew up, you grew up in Texas, didn't you? On a ranch? I did. I did just North of Austin on a 3,300 acre ranch. It's pretty big. I'm actually just East of Dallas. So Nice. Um, I gotta, I gotta know. So you're, you're married. How did your wife feel, um, about you being naked in the jungle with another woman? Not real great. Yeah. I'll be honest. And like, she, I think she kind of rolled her eyes initially and was like, this is never going to happen, <laughs> but I don't want to be the one to tell him no. So yeah. sure, buddy, you can go do like, they're not going to fucking call him. Yeah. And then it just got closer and closer. And, and then it was like probably two or three weeks out. And she like sits me down. She's like, I'm really not comfortable with you doing this. I'm like, your option for that discussion was 
three months ago. Yeah. Like I'm committed in here now. The only people telling me no is them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, and if she had put her foot down, I mean, I probably, I'm not going to give up my marriage for some shit like this, sure. but I understood her discomfort yeah. and I just tried to, you know, cause everyone's like, are people banging out there? Like y'all are naked. Like it's weird. And I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um, but I can assure you we did not. And <laughs> that whole part of my body just shut down. It yeah. was like being in camp again. Like yep. my dick didn't work. He didn't, I nothing for 21 days. I had to come home and function check real quick just to make wow. sure I wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a problem. Yeah. You know, I, I had, I had seen the show prior to seeing your episode and that's the first thought, you know, are they banging out there? But I think, you know, you put a little thought to it and it's like, what, maybe, if you were going to have sex, it would be in the first 15 minutes of meeting. That would be a little awkward anyway, because, you know, 30 minutes in and beyond, you're dying, you're essentially. Yeah, you're gross. You smell. You're you're trying yeah. to stay alive. And I've been contracting overseas for like nine years. And I looked at my wife. I was like, babe, if I was going to cheat on you, national television would be <laughs> the last place that I did it. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, what better way to make the whole world hate you? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Nope. So you've got uh, you've got some military experience. Do you think that helped you stick it out? Um, for sure, for sure. I think the number one thing that the Marine Corps kind of teaches you is just how to endure absolute stupidity and suffering at, at a, for a prolonged period of time without an off button. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about the armed forces being voluntary. That's kind of just until you sign up and go, like if you try to quit after that, they put your ass in jail. Yeah. And so, you know, you learn to just take that quit button off the table and be like, this is what I agreed to do. I'm going to see it to the end. Um, I'm either out of here in an ambulance or on day 21. Mm-hmm. And And the reality of it, I mean, you can survive 21 days without much. And that's why it's 21 days. If you can stay hydrated and keep your core temperature, you can make it. Yeah. Like that is what your body needs. Everything else is a comfort uh, and a mental game. And so it absolutely prepared me for that, I think. So my, uh, my wife and I watched your episode and then the next episode and the next episode and the next, and we probably watched like eight or 10 of them in a row. It gets addicting. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe one other person made it in that little stretch of episodes that we were watching. It seemed like most of the, most of the folks were going home and not just going home, but going home, uh, you know, with head injuries after passing out and hitting their heads on rocks and and stuff like that. Uh, your, your own partner. Uh, went home on what day two or three she went home the morning of day four okay Uh, yeah they don't really like if you're going to try to go home at night it's got to be an emergency if you just want to tap at night they're like yeah roger that see you in the morning (laughs) (laughs) like we're not coming to get you in the middle of the night because you're uncomfortable yeah did uh did you i guess do you count on having uh a working human there? Is that a big part of the mental game to make it the 21 days or do you go in preparing to do it all yourself? For me, I I felt that the perspective of being prepared to do it alone was necessary. And then thing that she added was a bonus. And so I think that there's, as we've all seen, if you've seen the show, there's a lot of conflict regarding 50, 50 contribution. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's really practical. Yeah. Like, 
we're not equal. Everyone is not equal. Someone's going to have more of a capability in some manner than the other. And to try and expect that from somebody else that you don't know is, is really just not practical and it's going to be a source. And so I went into it with the mindset of 99% is still lighter than a hundred. So if she just laid there and tended the fire, I'm fine with that because that's a huge burden off of me. Yeah. Boil water, tend the, I don't give a fuck because once I have to do it all on my own, uh, it was a lot to, to juggle and a lot to bear, particularly with the environment I was in. Yeah. So it's probably safe to say that once you saw her laying there on day three in pain, you were more concerned about her safety than you were losing that contributor. Uh, I, I knew night two when she said, um, it burned really bad when I peed just now. I was like, Oh, Mm. that's like, I'm a medic as well. That's been my primary job for the past eight years, uh, for working for the government has been as a medic and I've seen other episodes and it's like, she got a UTI and they just pulled them. And so I was surprised they let her stay. They did give her some antibiotics to try to help with it. But when you have no food, that actually kind of made the situation harder for her because the medication made her sick. Mm -hmm. So then she starts vomiting. Then she's just nauseous nonstop, not just, you know, burning when she pees, but constant total discomfort. And, and the water didn't, I mean, it was muddy, earthy tasting water. And so she wouldn't drink it. And it's like, that's not an option. Um, I kind of knew that clock was ticking pretty quick. And yeah. so when she said it, I was like, yeah, okay. Did, uh, did a producer like send a text to your wife immediately to let her know, Hey, you can take a breath. The woman is gone. <laughs> She's Not got her clothes all, on. Yeah. There was no communication, uh, between me and my wife. She had no idea. And the funny thing about my, my partner is, so I've, I've been working for an agency um, for a while and open source networking is a huge thing that we do to gather information. And every mealtime at the resort, uh, I was there for six days before our insert, they would bring a roster and they would hand it to me to find my name and sign next to it that I received my meal so that they could bill. And I put it off for like three days. I was like, don't do it. Just do what you're supposed to do. Don't be that guy. (laughs) And by day three of sitting in my room, I was like, fuck this. I'm bored. Screw it. And so I pretended that the pen didn't work. I staged my phone in the bathroom and I went in and I screenshotted the roster because during COVID there wasn't many people in this resort. And I came back, signed it. Here you go, buddy. They all spoke Spanish. They didn't know what the hell. And, you know, and so then the game was on and it was, that's a producer, that's a producer, that's the medic. That's, and I just started whittling it down until I found who I pretty much was confident was my partner. And then I started LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, I mean, down the game. But what I didn't know was Anne is her middle name. Uh not her first name. And so they had her actual name. I'm not going to tell you what it was. I don't want to humiliate the person that I found, but the person I found, I'd have traded my knife for a shirt. If she'd have worn it, (laughs) (laughs) she was, it was, I was like, Oh my God. And so I'm like taking pictures and we did have some background stuff. Like that person had, had been in the military and had deployed and, had done some things. I was like, Oh man, I can see the overlap. I can see why they put (laughs) us together, but hot damn. Yeah. 
man. And so I had texted these pictures to my wife and she's just like, ha ha, you deserve <laughs> this motherfucker. You know? She's thrilled. Right. Yeah. And so once I actually got to meet my partner and, and she's, she's an attractive woman, she's in good shape and she takes care of herself. I was relieved, but in the back of my mind, it's like, uh, my wife's not going to be so relieved when she finds out I was wrong. Yeah. But you know, there was no comms. I mean, I had nothing. Yeah. Uh, so she, I wanted to tell her like, Hey, reach out. This is my wife's name. Tell her I'm good. But I, I didn't think about it. Yeah. That would have been a good one. And you know, with, with the wife, it's probably better that she thought you were going in with the other woman because by the time she <laughs> knew otherwise, you know, yeah. she's watching the episode or you're back and you're able to tell her, look, she was all burning up. She was done. She was gone day three. Not that, not that that's probably her biggest focus. I mean, there's got to be more of her focus that's concerned for your safety, right? Than sure, than is sure. you banging. But it is a nasty. weird dynamic. It, it is. It, you know, it's it's odd. It's yeah. strange. It's an interesting it's concept for a show, for sure. Yeah. And uh, this all kind of kind of this this chat here comes about because you are on TRT, right? You talk about that openly. I'm assuming. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you put, you started posting in the TRT community and, um, my normal co-host noticed it and he was like, Hey, this is a no brainer. We got to reach out to this guy and talk to him that nothing is more testosterone than surviving 21 days. So, uh, what kind of, what kind of protocol are you on? Uh, so I've been doing TRT about three years, uh, started with, um, you know, the self administered Mm -hmm. diagnosed, uh, protocol, because the VA wouldn't work with me. I asked them yeah. if they would test me and they just told me no. Mm-hmm. I said, we, we don't want to do that. She's like, I would have to check your prostate and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Uh, fuck me. I guess I'll go do this on my own. <laughs> and so that was what I did. And I knew my symptoms, but I had no idea what my levels were. So I was just kind of self-medicating, which, you know, I don't recommend doing, but um, I started with that and then I got to working for a pellet company. I tried the pellets, uh, that wasn't, you know, a very impressive situation and very expensive. And so I've been back on injections, um, started at the 200 milligrams kind of textbook stamp. This is where we're going to start you and see where you go. And I've whittled that down to 80 milligrams twice a week, uh, sub Q I get knots from the cottonseed oil mm-hmm. and in the muscle it's super painful. Yeah. Like I, it, the first, especially when I'm starting, uh, or when I was starting, like it was real hard to walk for a few days. Mm-hmm. And so having the knot and the fat versus the muscle is just easier for me to manage. Sure. Um, so, you know, the least amount of medication for the highest quality of life and the longest period of time is kind of my philosophy on it. Yeah. And so I've just, you know, a couple of months I cut it in half, which I thought helped. And then I cut, you know, 20% off of that and 10% off of that. It's like, where do I feel that I can function the best, you know, and, and don't have any excess and it, it makes the vials last a lot longer. I can get like five months out of a vial now. Yeah, definitely. So when you're filming the show, did they come around with a little white paper cup and dish out medications or did you have to go without? Yeah. So you can have prescription medications if it is prescribed and whatever issue that you have is not something that would eliminate you from being able to do the challenge. Mm -hmm. And so they asked me like, do you have to be on this? Can you just stop taking it? And I was like, uh, no, you're not going to starve me and (laughs) throw me out there and then dump my hormone levels. Like, 
no, yes, I do need to continue this therapy. And so every three days, uh, the medics keep everything. Um, there are medics uh, at a safe crew or a safe camp that you don't really know where it is, but they come in and give you whatever, uh, you know, medications on the schedule that you need them. Mm-hmm. And so that was something I looked forward to greatly because I it absolutely helped me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no way in my mind that it that it wouldn't have helped, you know. I mean, if you would have been sure. out there without it, there's there's no way you would have been able to make oh, it through. Oh man, weeks. I would have I would I would have lost every ounce of energy. I mean, all of the things that we take this for on top of extreme starvation, uh I would have been useless for sure. Yeah. So the uh the show has something that they call a PSR, primitive survival rating. Do you mm-hmm. have any insight into how they come up with that? I don't, I'm, I mean, EJ Snyder does that. He kind of put that whole thing together. I don't know how much control he has over it. He does still do the interviews for it. And so he has kind of a list of questions that he goes through to try to evaluate your experience and kind of where he thinks you would fall. I don't know if he does the re-evaluation after your challenge or how they go about conducting that. Um, I don't know how much weight to really give these numbers. Yeah. It kind of just seems like an arbitrary thing to stamp onto people. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what my scores were until the show aired. They wouldn't tell me, didn't tell me. I didn't really care. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, I don't know what to say about those. Things. <laughs> yeah. That's, Maybe that's they're trying to add a number to it to give it a measurable calculation. But that's kind of what I figured there, there have been a few times where, you know, it popped up there and I'm like, really, you know, that, that person's higher than that person's after hearing. Yeah. Stories, yeah. It's, it's like, like I don't I, know. Yeah. Cause there's also, and maybe it's based off of things you don't see. Cause you, you get to see 45 minutes of 21 days. Yeah. And so a lot of stuff doesn't make the cut and it's, it's kind of sad that that happens, but. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, did you have to do any kind of, or did you do any sort of special prep or did you just live your life and then go out there and go for it? Or did you starve yourself for a week and then feast for a week or what'd you do? Um, no, man, this was a, a source of anxiety at the front of my cortex for a long time. <laughs> I mean, from the moment you press send on that application, it's like, I might have to get naked in front of everybody. <laughs> Click. <Ugh. laughs> and then it just builds until they give you the phone call. And it's like, oh, excitement. Oh, shit, this is going to be weird. And <laughs> until the moment that you actually do it, it's like that's the pinnacle, right? It all just builds up until you strip down in front. And it's mostly women there was two dudes maybe three out of the whole crew they were very proud of the fact that naked and afraid was predominantly produced by women oh wow and so i did i read 18 books in preparation in three months wow and i was in Kabul, and so i didn't have a lot of access to to practice much and so a lot of it was just gain the knowledge and try to retain the knowledge. And I had a big notebook where I would draw out the function of traps or draw out ideas for shelter or draw, you know, I was just trying to draw it to, to sink it into my mind because yeah. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought this stuff called tough foot based off EJ Snyder's recommendation. It's basically acetone that you spray on your feet to dry them out and create the calluses and, I would play uh, pickleball on the court at the at the base uh, without shoes on as much as I could or walk around and try to toughen up my feet. But a lot of it is just, 
you're doing something which kind of staves off the the anxiety because doing nothing just makes you more nervous. Yeah. So, so speaking of your feet, you made some pretty legit shoes. Is that something that you had read in one of these books? Is that something that you've done previously? And is that something that you think pushed you through? I mean, not having those shoes, would that have been a huge, a huge deal for you? Absolutely. I, I had never done made, made shoes before. I tried many different techniques while I was out there and I had actually forgotten about this weave. Um, but I, one of the books I read was native American basket weaving and I never got to make any of them, but I did try to retain some of the easier methods of doing that. And that was what I settled on. And when I saw the weave and it's usually done in a circle, I was like, Oh man, that would make excellent shoes. I just have to elongate this weave in some sort to make it, you know, not a circle. Cause the first pair I made were circles. It looked like I was stomping around with placemats on my feet <laughs> It's dumb as hell. It's like the first rule is like, if you don't know what you're doing, at least look cool while you're doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't work. <laughs> I don't think they showed that part. Did they? They didn't show no, hell no. I disassembled those faster than the producers could come back in. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I, you know, I read a book and, the ground, I had tried to put a lot of energy into toughening up my feet, but after about a week, man, the, the, I had these pockets of edema, just fluid under the skin in the balls and heels of both of my feet. They were full of thorns. Everything I did just took way more time than it needed to. And, and it was because every step I took, there's this lingering fear in the back of your mind that this is going to hurt like fuck. And then you roll your foot down like, okay, that one's good. And then, okay. And so it's just a real constant exhausting anxiety to walk. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took about a week for me to identify two types of trees in the jungle that I could strip bark from. And once I found those, I pulled the limbs off and I stuck them in my camp and I'd just go back and find those leaves. And I rolled up a whole bunch of, of tree bark and got a whole bunch of grass out of the marsh and I staged it in my shelter. Uh, sunlight's kind of a commodity. And so once it got dark, I couldn't leave my camp because I can't see. And But I was only sleeping two hours a night. Wow. And so I was laying there staring at the sky or the top of my shelter for about nine or eight or nine hours, um, just waiting for the sun to come back up so I could start working again. Mm. And so that was kind of how I made use of my time. I used the diary camera lens, the LCD screen, in night mode as a flashlight, which pissed off the producers because that's not what that's intended for. But fuck you, man. Like I'm yeah. doing what I can with what I got. And yeah. so they didn't show me actually making them because I did. A, it took me two nights to make those shoes. Um, they showed me kind of tinkering with them a little bit in the morning when I was trying to figure out how to strap them on. But yeah, it was a game changer. Everything that I did was more efficient and faster. Yeah. I was able to walk in a more relaxed state. Um, I was able to to do it all quicker and it, it was a huge morale boost for sure. Yeah. They looked really cool. I mean, they honestly, they look mm -hmm. like something that you probably could go sell in an organ store, uh, <laughs> you know, up in the, I named them Zax, Z-A-X. <laughs> make yourself a pair of Zax. <laughs> So when you got home, did you have any medical concerns, uh, any scares, any anything to worry about from the 21 days? I really had no issues. It took about 
two months for my feet to stop hurting though. Yeah. I would lay in bed at night at the end of my day and my feet were like at a seven, mm. just aching um, for probably two months. And that, that kind of slowly dissipated, but I got super lucky. I didn't, I lost 30 pounds, but I didn't have any real medical concerns. And yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah. Like I said, from seeing uh, subsequent episodes, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that are extracted because early because oh, yeah. of medical concerns. The, the threat is absolutely there for sure. Yeah. Was there, um, Oh, is, was there a time when you first met your partner and it was just like, okay, we let's just get this over with. Just give it a good stare, you know, or, you know, it, it, how do you get uh, overcome that awkwardness? I'm sure eventually it dissipates because you're trying to stay alive. But is it initially just super awkward? It, it was pretty awkward. Um, you film the scene of getting naked on the truck about five times. And then you film the scene of meeting your partner about five times wow. because when you, and when you can kind of tell when there's multiple shots of the same thing happening, we had to do it again. And other than that part of the show, and then some of the stuff on extraction, they don't interfere with you at all. But to get those shots to like, Hey guys, we do need to do this a couple of times. We're going to have cameras in different places. I'm going to have you hold one for this one. I'm going to, and, and so this, that part was a little bit produced and there is some production stuff there that you just kind of have to suck up so that they can make the show. Right. Yeah. Um, and so getting out of the truck, I mean, I made, I'm like, what do I say here? And so I made some jokes that uh, kind of backfired on me pretty hard <laughs> Uh, was it was pretty embarrassing not a great moment for me um and then meeting my partner was a little bit awkward as well because you meet them for the first time and it's like oh hey cool and then, and then it's like we're just standing here naked beside each other <laughs> like all right reset let's do it again it's like all right high five stranger uh, let's yeah. do this shit again um so i guess you yeah. know doing it five times you get, you get that probably is awkward enough that it, you know, once you're done, you're like, okay, let's go survive now, you know? Yeah. And that's why I think sometimes when they're talking, it feels like it's scripted. Like these are bad actors. It's like, no, it's just the fourth time they've had to say that <laughs> as if it was the first and none of us are actors. So we sound dumber each time that this happens. <laughs> nice. So was there anything that happened uh, while you were out that they didn't end up filming that you felt like, you know, was amazing and were surprised that they didn't film? Um, yes, I, I had a note here. There was a couple of things that because, you know, it's only 45 minutes. And so the, the systematic approach to trying to solve your problems takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. And I, I, I kind of wished that they had shown more of that journey because that was really a lot of why I was there um, in, you know, the course of contracting and all of the things happening in Afghanistan, the, the worry that I wasn't going to be the man that raised my son started to get pretty heavy for me and my wife, because the dangers over there were, were getting higher every deployment that I went on yeah. until obviously they drove us out of the country. Um, and so I really wanted him to kind of see how the sausage was made. Like dad doesn't just go out there and, knock it out of the park and, you know, Marine sniper and fireman and whatever, and think that those things were easy for me because they absolutely were not. And this absolutely was not everything I did. I screwed up 
10 times before I even got a version that was somewhat useful. Yeah. And I wanted him to know that. And I wanted him to know that like, when you're trying something new, you're going to fall on your face. Mm-hmm. If it's anything that's worth trying, if you knock it out, then, you know, you're really not testing yourself. You're not discovering anything about your own ability. Sure. And so, um, you know, the fire, the water, the water was a big one. I, I wish that they had shown a little bit more of that. Um, I, it was taken two hours to process a pot of water. And so I came up with the rocket stove thing because it was 30 minutes just to get it to boil that cut that down to 10 minutes, which was huge. Um, and then it was another hour. It was 20 minutes of boil time to sterilize and then an hour of cool down. And so I wasn't kind of compromised the 20 minutes of boil time, but the hour of cool down, I could cut short by taking it back out into the marsh and cooling it down. And so at that point, once I solved that issue, I could get a pot of water every one hour instead of every two. It's two hours a long time to wait. Once you kind of hit that red line, you're like, damn it, I need some water because I didn't have a partner out there to make it for me. And uh, so solving that problem was big. Um, When I got, when I lost my fire, it took me two days to get it back. So 48 hours, but next to nothing. Uh, It rained again and I pushed my pot out. And the next morning I found a frog in it. Um, because I guess the frogs just come out at night, which I didn't see it was dark. Yeah. Uh, and so when I felt my pot was heavy, I was like, Oh yes. Like I've got, I've got something to start. And this will at least save me another day. Cause once you hit three days without water, you're, you're hurting real bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I lift that pot, I see the frogs, fuck my life, you know, <laughs> but I dug a well out in the marsh. They didn't show the well at all. Um, and that was where I got the clay for the, the rocket stove and so I went out there and I was like, at least, you know, hey, maybe this thing filled up. And there was two feet of water in my well. I was like, oh, absolute hell yeah. You know, I, I throw the, the frog sludge and I kneel down to, to dip it into this well. And there's this pair of eyes looking up at me right at the water line. It's a mouse had fallen into my well and he's just <laughs> clinging to the mud. Looking, I'm like, son of a bitch. I can't drink this water either. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the frog's worth or the mouse shit that's in my well now that I, I was like two times mother nature just kicked me in the coin purse. Right. <laughs> and so it, I, I just like went back to my camp. I spent the next five hours just processing sticks as small as toothpicks as I could make. Cause I knew I was only going to get one or two shots at getting my fire back. Yeah. Uh, the sun did come out and kind of steamed everything off and dried it off. And this was, you know, coming into, you know, 30 hours without having a water source and uh, the whole crew's feeling the same stress that I am. I mean, they're rooting for you. They want you to be successful, but they can't help you. Yeah. And so they're watching and a couple of attempts, I finally get my fire back and it's a relief, obviously, because I felt like I could continue. And uh, as I, you know, I cool it off, I process the water, I get back into camp and I get ready to take this first sip and like the rim touches my lips and I hear the cameraman from behind the camera is like, Hey Zach, how's that water taste? And this Rolodex in my head just like spins like the wheel of fortune, right? It's like serious, funny, serious, funny, serious, funny, serious, funny. (laughs) And it stops at dirty. (laughs) And the only thing that I could think to blurt out was 
like Cindy Crawford's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and I take this big gulp. And the whole crew, you know, starts laughing. I was like, never mind. Like, don't show my mom this shit. Like, let's retake that. And they're like, nope, you said it. You got it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but uh, they didn't show it, thank goodness. Yeah. Maybe that was a little bit too risque for Discovery <laughs> Channel. But uh, yeah, it was a great moment. And and there was there was a few, a few wins kind of like that that... I wish had made it, if anything, just for my son to see, but you know. So I wonder if they, if Discovery Channel is able to provide you with the footage, you know, like, hey, they've made me look like a super stud son here. Check out this, you know, 50 hours of of fuck ups. That would be cool. I wish, man. I really, really do wish that they did that. But as far as I understand, and I don't know, I haven't confirmed it with, with the producer once they make the episode, all of your footage is deleted, mm. which is heartbreaking. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And we essentially saw 5% of it. And uh, so the rest is all just in my head. But I don't read books to my kid a whole lot. Now we tell jungle stories from the jungle. Yeah. So that's been a cool bonding thing for us to do together. I, I, they should consider doing something with that B-roll footage. I. I don't know you from Adam, aside from this conversation, and I would watch two hours of your fuck ups in the jungle. And I'm sure your son would love to have it. You know, yeah, I would, thank you. I would pay for it. So I think I kind of am able to gauge where this answer will go. But where does finishing the 21 days rank on your list of lifetime achievements? Um, for a personal growth situation, uh, is pretty high. It's, it's up there for sure. Um, I don't know yet what it will come, what will come of it. I mean, as far as value goes, I'd say sniper school was probably one of the biggest recognizable achievements that other people give a shit about. Mm -hmm. Um, that seems to have more credibility and, you know, a job hunt or, you know, meeting other, other veterans or, you know, gives people more of an assessment of maybe who I am. Not a lot of people know, or not everybody knows about Naked and Afraid, or so a lot of people think it's fake. Um, and so I don't know how much credibility that achievement has outside of my own opinions. But as far as really testing myself and what I can do when I have nothing else but a legitimate, you know, as legitimate as it could be, um, emergency situation to save my own life, that was a huge win for me to have and a confidence booster for sure yeah yeah i thought it was real cool too and i enjoyed watching the episode in fact it, it's been a few weeks i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it now that we've chatted and look Thank for you. some of these cuts you know that maybe i want to i want to see when when you might have said cindy crawford's pussy i want to know when that was in the episode so. i was sitting on the ground right so you'll see it they just didn't put it in there um i will tell you there is an uncensored version that isn't on Discovery Plus. I don't know why they split a lot of these different shows or, or versions among different networks that did have more. And so I got a long questionnaire after I got home, or right before the, the episode aired of, you know, kind of similar things. And then throughout the uncensored, it shows very much similar to the original episode, but it gives you blurps at the bottom mm -hmm. with details of what we're thinking or how we prepped or oh, cool. what happened behind that. And it does have additional deleted scenes. 
And that one included my, um, my solution for fire because fire was a huge problem. All of the wood was eaten by ants. Every piece of wood I picked up off the ground, I could crumble in my hands like rotten crap yeah. because the, the wood uh, eating ants consumed everything. It was rare to be able to find a dead limb on the tree that hadn't been eaten. Mm. And so the problem that provided was I never got coals. It would burn, but it would burn into ash mm -hmm. and it would only learn for maybe 20 minutes. And so the first week I was just shackled to my fire every 20 minutes, putting wood on it, or I could prolong it some with green wood, but that would burn out if I didn't continue to support it with the dry, um, you know, crappy wood. And so solving that issue took me quite a bit of time. Uh, but once I did it, I was able to leave my camp for four hours and go on that fishing trip. And I came back and I still had a fire. Yeah. And so that was a huge, you know, win, win for, for just solving problems. Yeah. I'm going to have to search up that uncensored. What did you say? It's, is it just uh, naked and afraid on, Uncensored. Yeah, Naked and Afraid, Uncensored. Um, I ended up like, I think Sling TV or something like that. I did like a free trial kind of thing and just to see it because I didn't know what how different it would be. And the key extra footage was that it discussed uh, my search for the appropriate type of wood. And there was only one kind in the jungle that, that hadn't been eaten by the ants. It was incredibly dense and hard. It actually, it dulled my knife in the first day. And so the outside of it was soaking wet and rotten, which is why I avoided it for the first week. Is like, this is trash. I'm not going to be able to burn this. But I had burned everything else and kind of let, was left with that. So I drug this heavy-ass, wet, mushy log over to my camp and just started hacking off the rotten exterior. And then my knife stuck into this really pretty yellow, dense, dense wood. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't break it. I used tiny little slivers of it as fishing hooks. Cause I couldn't break those with my fingers. Yeah. It was crazy hard. I called it iron wood. Yeah. Obviously there is a wood that is iron wood. That's not that, but that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Um, and once I found that wood, I put it in there and I got my first coal and, and that was a huge win. Um, but I still had to support it somehow, or it would burn itself out being by itself. And so then I would get a second log and I'd set them next to each other about two inches apart and the coals would support each other and burn about a foot an hour. And so then instead of every 20 minutes dealing with this fire, I literally went out in the morning and I got two logs. I set them next to each other and I just let them burn foot an hour all day long. And at night I'd go get four just in case there was a rain or something. So I'd have some extra. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That solved my whole fire issue. And then I had to go, then I could go on this five hour trek around the marsh to try to fish. It was yeah. pointless. But <laughs> <laughs> when I came back, I, I still had my fire. <laughs> you know, when I asked the question about things that had happened that they didn't end up airing, you know, that were just crazy. I was kind of hoping that one of your responses would be, you know, I was walking through the marsh and a fucking fish just jumped right into my hands. <laughs> they didn't show it. Yeah, but I, that's... <laughs> I wish, man, that would have been, that would have been great. That snake was about the only thing other than berries I ate. <sighs> Um, the, the trek for the fish, I, I kind of felt a little pressure from the producers to do that. Yeah. Um, and 
it was, it was fruitless and kind of pointless. It's like, I'm going to make a fish basket and go on a four hour hike every day to check it. Mm -hmm. Like by the time I got back four hours hiking with a dead fish, I couldn't eat that shit. Like, what am I going to do? They don't even imply that you're, that you're four hours away. You know, it looked like you were 50 feet from where you were camping essentially. Oh yeah. No, it was a, it was a long walk just to get to the only section of the marsh that I could access the water from. Yeah. And, uh, it was, yeah. And, and if I'd have known they were going to put that in there, cause that was five hours of, of fruitless effort. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's other shit y'all should have shown, but you know, you don't get any say. So, yeah. you know, they're trying to tell a story, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think, you know, your experience was amazing. I definitely look up to you and I'm impressed. Um, when you. you finish writing that book, let us know. And we'll, you said you were, at some point, some far along, you know, way along writing, uh, what kind of book is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm about 20 chapters into a book. I started, um, kind of around the Epstein trial. So I was at work and all of my employee and all of my coworkers are SF of some type from their branch. They're either recon battalion, SF, MARSOC, snipers, uh, a couple of seals. Um, and so as we're kind of watching all of that unfold, I was like, man, what would you do if you came across this? Like, you know, the judicial system isn't going to do a damn thing, but you stepped into an opportunity to apply some street justice. And how would you get away with it? And I talked to everybody I worked with and it got to be such an interesting topic of discussion that I started writing a book and so much of the book is true in order to create the a realistic avenue for something like that to happen. Um, and then it's just the actual story of it happening uh, hasn't. But all of the events in order for it to were, were true. And, and it talks about the vetting for the agency. It talks about the background of, you know, a couple of guys like myself and our friends of how we get into these things together because we trust each other. And then how, you know, one of the guys takes on um, that journey and how it becomes and how it plays out. And yeah. so it's been a lot of fun. I have it in the notes of how it will finish. It's just been a matter of, of writing the final chapters, but I definitely will let you know. Yeah, for I, sure. That yeah. sounds like something that the, uh, you know, all the TRT guys would, would do to for sure. <laughs> it's titled vicarious for, for obvious reasons. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to the TRT community podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.